We're continuing to look at the book of Malachi, and our reading this evening is Malachi chapter 4. John's going to be looking at at this with us in just a moment or two. Malachi chapter 4. This is God's word. Surely the day is coming. It will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and every evildoer will be stubble. And that day is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or a branch will be left to them. But for you who revere my name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. And that you will go out and leap like calves released from the stall. Then you will trample down the wicked. There will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I do these things, says the Lord Almighty. Remember the law of my servant Moses, the decrees and laws I give him at Horeb for all Israel. See, I will send you the prophet Elijah before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, or else I will come and strike the land with a curse. Amen. And we thank God for his word. Well, as we come to God's word this evening, please do open it with me to the book of Malachi and the chapter four as we finish our little series as we've been working through the book of Malachi. What a book. Mm -hmm. We started to look at it a little while ago, but it's been a great encouragement, a great challenge to us, a really, really challenging book, tucked away right at the back of the Old Testament just before the New, and we thank God for it. This evening we're thinking about Malachi chapter 4. And as we begin to think about Malachi chapter 4 this evening, imagine this, imagine I was able to give you a pen here this evening and an open, an open notebook, and I could say to you, finish out the rest of your life for me. Write the rest of your story. Tell me what would happen in the rest of your life here this evening. Uh, and you would start to write down different things. And uh, before long, you would say, I suppose that would be the end of it. Maybe that would take some of us longer than others as we turn the pages and write down all the things that we want to do. Well, here tonight, as we look at Malachi chapter 4, how's our story going to end? Well, it's either going to end for us all in a furnace or in a field. In a furnace or in a field. We see the furnace here in verse 1, and then we see the field, a good country image here, in verse 2. In a furnace or in a field. And tonight God's word to us is serious. We have to pause and we have to think about this this evening because it brings into our minds and into our focus, where will we spend eternity? What will eternity be like? And it comes here at the end of this book, and this book has been a a, a love story. We've heard it. Uh, Refresh our minds again in in chapter 1 of Malachi, them words that we've looked at over and over again. Malachi chapter 1 and verse 2, I have loved you, says the Lord. That's how he starts this. Then last week we thought about them words in chapter 3, return to me, the Lord says, come back to me. The people had kind of been like a, a moody teenager. They'd thrown up to the Lord, Lord, how do you love us? What are you doing in our hearts? What are you doing in our lives? How do you actually love us? You say you love us, but how does that actually look in our lives? And they turn around and they say to the Lord, Lord, what's your problem now? Look at our worship. Sure, surely it's acceptable to you. Look at all the things that we're bringing to you. 
but really they were robbing God. They're, they're, they were being unfaithful in their offerings, unfaithful in their worship, and unfaithful in their marriages. And God comes and He speaks to them through this message, and the whole thrust of it is, come back to me. I love you. Come back to me. Honor me. Be obedient to me. Be holy. Strive after my word and not after the things of your own heart. So tonight, as, as we approach this, right from the outset, we want to say this. If you are not a Christian here this evening, please read these words. Please read them in Malachi chapter 1. As we sit here right now, surely the day is coming, and it will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and every evildoer will be stubble, and that day that is coming will set them on fire. I don't say it, but the Lord God Almighty says it there in verse 1. Not a root or a branch will be left to them. So, friend, if you have gathered with us here this evening, read them words. See them clearly. And if you are a Christian here this evening, then you can have great hope. Why? Because look at verse 2. But for you who revere my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in its wings, and you will go out and leap like calves released from the stall. Christians, take heart. Unsaved here this evening, please, please pay attention to this passage. And our temptation is this. Our temptation as we look at Malachi chapter 4 and the conclusion of this little book is that we want to go our own way again. Right at the end, we want to kick back against God. We want to say, no, I'm not going God's way, but really I want to go my way. And his last message to us is, please see the seriousness of this. There's a day coming when there will be no more second chances. There'll be a day come when not a root or a branch will be left. If you are in rebellion to me, And yet, as Christian people, what we often say to ourselves is this. Well, serving God doesn't really matter. We don't really need to serve Him. I've done the Christian thing. I've tried to be good, but I'm done with it. I've kept all the rules, and I'm missing out on the fun. So I'm going to go and enjoy myself. I'm not going to take this Christian life too seriously anymore. I'm going to give it a little bit of a break. I'm sick of being honest on my tax forms. Where's it got me? Look at all my friends. They're doing so much better than me. I've been honest in work. Others who lie, they've got so much further ahead. Perhaps we have pursued sexual purity in our relationships, and then we think that we have missed out. Perhaps we haven't taken that opportunity to cheat on our spouse, and we look at others and how they're loving their new life. Or perhaps you're just sick of reading and praying. You're sick and tired of it, and you say, I'm giving it up here this evening. You're weary. You're saying, I'm about to say, count me out. Don't give up just yet. Don't give up this evening. Because Malachi chapter 4 says to you, the sun is coming with healing in his wings. For Malachi and for the people here, that was the Lord Jesus Christ who was going to come for the first time. The sun who would come in his righteousness and who would dawn on the land that was dark. And for us, it is his second coming. So Christian brother and sister here tonight, hold on. Don't let your heart harden. 
Because all them things that we just said, if we are starting to play them over in our minds, if that's what we're beginning to say in our hearts, then you're suffering from this little disease that's starting to harden your heart. Tonight, guard our hearts. If you think that your heart is beginning to harden tonight, speak to Nigel. Speak to one of the elders. Speak to me here this evening because if our hearts harden, then that means that we will be in the furnace in verse 1. So we don't want to let that disease kill our hearts, to kill us spiritually. And it happened for these people. And it often happens for us. But there are two pills here tonight for this disease. This little thing that starts in our hearts, very small, and then grows and grows. And the two pills are really simply this. First one is judgment. The pill of judgment, it's a hard pill, but it is one that has sudden and quick effect upon us because we see it here and the seriousness of it. And the other pill is healing. It's a gentle pill, a soothing pill, one that brings hope and lasting change, the most beautiful ending or the most terrifying ending here to a love letter that we will ever find. So let us think about judgment first of all. We see these two pills that we've mentioned, and it's kind of like a carrot and a stick. The teacher sometimes uses the carrot or uses the stick. Whenever I was a clowner, and uh, uh, Clark was one of my teachers whenever I was there, whenever I was in clowner, no fear could be struck into a person, a clowner, like going to Mr. Dixon's office. Mr. Dixon was the principal whenever I was first year, and Mr. Dixon was a scurry, scurry man. A lovely man, but boy, you did not want to be in his office. If a teacher said to you, if you don't be quiet or if you don't start behaving, you're going to go to Mr. Dixon's office. That was terrifying because you knew that you're going to have to deal with Mr. Dixon. And then you knew that, well, I knew that I was going to have to deal with my mom whenever I went home because if you went to Mr. Dixon's office, he was phoning home, right? So judgment, judgment speaks really loudly and clearly to us, doesn't it? Whenever we see the blue lights behind us of the police, judgment coming because maybe we've been speeding or doing something that we shouldn't have been doing, fear automatically sets in. You see a police car behind you, you automatically start to fear, is a car taxed, is it MOT'd, are my tires, are they in good condition? Fear. And here in, in chapter 4 and verse 1, this should speak to us really clearly, really sharply here this evening. Surely a day is coming, surely the day is coming, or in other versions, behold, look, a day is coming, certain, and it will burn like a furnace. Who are going to be in this furnace? Tells us that the arrogant and every evildoer will be stubble on that day. All those who are in rebellion to God. All the people in Malachi chapter 1 and 2 and 3 who have been robbing God, who have not been worshiping God the way that they should be, whose hearts have been far away from him, who have been treating him with contempt, who have been saying, I'm a little bit in, but I'm not all in. I'm going to give you a little bit, Father, but I'm not going to give you it all. I'm going to give you the worst sheep that I have in the pile. I'm not going to give you my best, even though you've commanded me to. The people who were treating God with contempt, these words were meant to start, startle them and for them to see who he was. The verse one, as verse 1 says, the Lord Almighty. It's their last chance, the last warning for them. This day that's going to come, a black day, a day of judgment. 
And the reference here in verse 1, not a root or a branch, what, what, what's going on with that reference? Well, it's, it's simply saying this, that if we leave the root, there's a little chance, isn't there, that a tree's going to grow back again. That tree that we cut down, there's a little root maybe going to come and spring up again. Something's going to come of it. Or if there's a branch left, maybe that branch could be grafted back into the tree. No, nothing will be left. It will all be consumed. It will all be burned. And as we think about this judgment, John D. Rhodes, who we're partnered with in Leeds, John D. was preaching during the week up at Keswick, and he said this, that whenever we're on earth, and if we're without Jesus here on earth, if we do not trust him, then the stark reality is this, that if you're without Jesus, this is the closest to heaven that you will ever get. While you're here on earth, it is the closest to heaven that you will ever, ever get. Everything that you work for will become like ash here. Because we see it in chapter 3, or in, in chapter 4, verse 3. Then you will trample down the wicked. There will be ashes under the soles of your feet. So yes, this life may seem good. It may seem tempting. It may pull on our hearts. It may offer us excitement and lights and all of the things that we want. But ultimately, it will end in ash. There will be nothing there. It will be gone. Judgment is a hard pill for us here this evening. If we're in rebellion to God, if we're part of, of that rebellion against God here this evening, if we're in that little apathetic group where we're half in and half out, where we're giving him a little bit and not everything here this evening, and we hear these words of judgment, they will scare us. They are difficult words. They should bring fear to our hearts. Well, where do we go from that fear, that fear of judgment? Well, it brings us straight into verse 2, doesn't it? And we have one of these great buts of Scripture of verse 2. But for you who revere my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. If judgment's a really difficult pill for us to take for our hearts that are beginning to harden, well then healing is a different pill altogether. It's a beautiful pill. So here this evening, if you are struggling Whatever's going on in your heart and in your life, listen to verse 2. But you who revere my name, if you honor Jesus here this evening, if you're trusting in him even a little bit here this evening, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. This was a great declaration pointing forward to Jesus right at the end of the Old Testament. And who would come at the start of Matthew? The one who would rise the great light who would come upon the shadow of death on the land that was dwelling under darkness, the one would rise up, the son of righteousness. And for us, he's going to come back again. Isn't it great news for us this evening? I'm 27, and I've played rugby, and my fingers already are really sore, and my ankle's gone. It's pretty much scrap. I need to go and get an operation at some point probably on it. And my left hip's getting sore already from rugby again, right? Don't play rugby. And uh, it's only going to get worse. And my dad says to me, it's all ahead of you. All the arthritis, all the pains and all the aches. But isn't this great for us? The sun will rise with healing in his wings. No more pain. No more sorrow. For all of us who have lost loved ones, no more crying, no more feelings of missing them and of, and of mourning. 
what will it be like? It'll be like calves that are released from their stall. Do you know, I, you probably don't know what a calf getting released is like, to be honest. <laughs> but maybe you've seen it on Facebook. There's videos of this, right? You let cattle out for the first time. You let them out of the shed. They've been in the shed all winter. And honestly, they go buck mad. That's the only way to describe it. They go buck mad. They run out into the field and they're kicking their legs up. They're loving it. You couldn't hold them back. You wouldn't want to be standing in front of them. And that's, that, you will go out and leap like calves released from the stall. That's what it's going to be like. No more marks of sin. No more fallen nature upon us. Because of Jesus. Because he's the son of righteousness. He's the one that's going to come and achieve this all for us. Not, we can't do any of this for ourselves. There's nothing that we can do. But Malachi says, look, for the faithful remnant here, for the people at the end of chapter 3, the Lord says, you will be my treasure possession. Why? Because you've honored me. You trust in me. Then I'll bless you. You will be like these little calves who are released and who leap. A great hope for us. Something that we can look forward to. A little echo of what we looked at this morning with the paralyzed man who went walking and leaping and praising God. That's what our response should be to this. This was a message of encouragement to these people. Hold on. For the brother or sister this evening that can't be with us because they're over in Craig Avon or they're in Lurgan Hospital. And this a verse that we get to read with them. A great pleasure that we get to read this with them. Hold on to Jesus, the one who has come and who has saved you by his grace. There's healing in his wings, not just temporary healing, but healing forever, an eternal healing of our souls. And then we will be renewed and we'll go out like these little calves and we will enjoy him forever and forever and forever and forever. It will not end. You can imagine what it was like for the people in Malachi's day, for the little faithful remnant that were there, the few that feared God, the few that honored him with their lives. And as they looked around at their church, as the people who were meant to worship God, and they saw all the corruption that was going on, all the people who were half-heartedly worshiping God, people who said that they were worshiping him and they weren't. Can you imagine the frustration for them? Can you imagine how they would come home Maybe after Sunday or whatever day, imagine that they're, they're worshiping the Lord. They come home and say, what is going on? Saying to the Father, Father, please help us. Please encourage us. Can you imagine these words coming to them? But for you who revere my name, the sun will rise. And the great thing is, whenever he comes back for the second time, it will not set ever again. Whenever that dawn breaks, he will bring his son up with him, and we will be with him forever. It will never, ever set again for us. So there is healing this evening in Jesus. There is healing in him and in him alone. Not a physical healing, but a spiritual healing of our hearts. So if you are here this evening and you don't know him, and perhaps the first pill was a little bit too difficult to take, the one about judgment and about the furnace. Well, can you see this one, the one of hope, the, the pill that should change our heart because of beauty, about what, about what he promises us? 
So tonight, see him. See him in all of his beauty. And as we think about this passage, as we think about this uh, little verse that tells us that there's healing in his wings, can we remember the, the, the great hymn that we sing at Christmas time? Heal the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Heal the Son of Righteousness. Light and life to all he brings. Risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by. Born that man no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give them second birth. Hark, the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Right at the end of the Old Testament, what were they looking for? What were they waiting for? They were still waiting for the son. The one who would come. The one who would save them and who would rescue them. And God said to them, hold on. I am faithful to my promises. I will not let you go. I will not let you down. There is one that is going to come and he is going to rescue you forever. So hold on. Don't be dismayed. Don't be discouraged. So just as we thought a little minute ago about that if we're here on earth and you're not a Christian, this is the closest to heaven that you will ever get. Well, similarly, Christian, know this. That while we're here on earth, This is the closest to hell that we will ever get. And things will only get better for us. Well, on the back of these two pills, and there's a little bit more in our passage, we see that there's joy that comes, this great joy, the joy that we should have in our hearts, like these little calves that are let out. Why is it? Why is it that whenever we as Christian people talk about the gospel or have the gospel preached, or, or we sing about the gospel, what is it about us that it doesn't seem to transmit to our faces, right? You hear a minister preaching the good news of the gospel, and he's telling us that this is the way that we should be saved. This is good news. But yet, often we forget to tell our faces. Isn't it amazing whenever we're around someone, someone who's, especially who's older in the faith, and they're clinging on to Jesus. Their body's given way. But boy, they've got such a hope. And they've got such a joy in their hearts. Because they get this. They know that these days are going to be tough. But they're small and they're limited. And then they're going to go home to be with Jesus forevermore. And then they'll reign with him here on this earth. And everything will be recreated. Joy, 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 joy. On the back of our healing. Praise and glory given back to him. That's why it's so good to be able to gather in here again this evening. And every week. That's why we look forward to it, the start of a new week. Gathering together as people so that we are filled with joy and praise him for what he has done for us. Joy on the back of healing. And then on the back of that, obedience. We see it here in verse 4 that we are faithful to him. Remember it says, verse 4, the law of my servant Moses the decrees and laws that I gave him at Horeb for all Israel. Have joy because of what I've done for you, but also obey me. Be obedient. Listen to my laws. I'm not trying to limit your life, says God. I'm setting these laws in place, these rules, the the Ten Commandments, and they're for your good. They're not to limit you. They're not to stifle your life, but rather they are for your benefit. Rico Tice tells that story about how he went to swim in Botany Bay with the sharks and he saw this little sign that says, do not swim sharks, and he thought he was going to go in and swim with them. 
thought he knew better, and then he said, no, maybe I shouldn't go in because so many people die every year from shark attacks. Rules are there for a reason. And our Father puts them in place so because he knows what is best for us. So he says, trust, remember these laws. Remember them, honor them. Don't let your hearts get hard. Don't walk away from me. And then verse 5, I will send you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. Mentions Elijah. Who's the one that's going to come like Elijah? John the Baptist. He's pointing forward again to hope that's going to come. The one that will come in the wilderness, preparing the way for the Lord. Verse 6, he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children. What do we see as the Lord comes onto this earth? A great restoration. He's bringing light and life. He's bringing healing. He's bringing restoration. He's bringing broken, binding up brokenness and bringing it back together. So for these people, as the last words of the Old Testament ended, the last words that would be spoken, God was pointing them forward to their son, the son that was going to come, the one who would come and who would heal and who would give them light and life. And tonight, that's where we want to finish our Sunday evening, with our eyes being pointed towards our Savior, the one who will come back to us, the one who has brought us light and life and restoration and joy, and who calls us to be obedient. But he's the one that we want to keep our eyes focused on. So tonight, if we're all honest with ourselves, where does our story end? Right at the end of that notebook, with that pen, what's the destination that we're going to write? Is it going to be the furnace of verse 1? Or is it going to be the field full of joy in verse 2? Friends, tonight, only you know where your destination will be as you answer that honestly in your heart. And for those of us who the first two is our destination, the field, let that fuel your week. This little image of the calves going out, let that fuel you because of what God has done for you, that he has come and he has sent us some to heal you of the great disease of sin. Friend, hold on to that tonight. Christian who is struggling, hold on to that tonight. Healing is coming again. So where would we rather be? Would we rather be saved? Or would we rather be the stubble of verse 1? Would we rather be healed? Or would we rather be in hell? Would we rather be leaping? Or lamenting? Restored? Or refused into his presence? In the midst of struggling, the night is dark, but the morning will soon come, and the sun will rise, and it will never set again. Hold on to him. Trust him. Because he is our Lord God Almighty. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the book of Malachi. And Father, we thank you for the clarity of this chapter. Follow the seriousness of it if we are in rebellion to you. 
that we will not stand, that you will separate us, and then we will be consumed forever in fire. But Father, that's not how our story has to end here this evening. We thank you so much that you sent us your son, the one who would come to save. Father, we praise you for him, for you sending him, and for the life and light that he has brought, for the joy that we can have. Lord, we want to be obedient. We want to serve you with all of the days that we have. So help us here this evening. Help us to see you in all of your beauty, that our hearts would not harden, that we would not grow cold, that we would not be people who are apathetic to you. Father, help us, we pray. In Jesus' strong name, amen.